careful when you sit that close. I can see what you're thinking. Um, but but here's here's what not. This is a suggestion from Reader's Digest. Uh, I like this guy. Don't buy anything that plugs in. Number one. Right. And, and we'll get to more. But uh, that just if it plugs in, don't do it. Number two, don't buy clothing that involves sizes. Here's his explanation. The chances are one in seven thousand that you will get her size right. And your wife will be offended the other 6,999 times. Do I look like a size 16, she'll say? Too small doesn't cut it either. I haven't worn a size 8 in 20 years. Moron is what she's saying when she says it that way. Um, Okay, number three. Avoid all things useful. All things useful. There are lots of you ladies amen and shaking your heads as in yes. The new silver polish advertised to save hundreds of hours is not going to win you any brownie points. Number four, don't buy anything that involves weight loss or self-improvement. A six-month membership to a diet center to her says she's fat in your eyes and you are going to lose. So don't buy that. Uh, This is my favorite. Don't buy jewelry. The jewelry your wife wants... You can't afford the jewelry you can afford. Your wife doesn't want. So don't go there. Number six. Oh, this is a good one, too. Do not fall into the trap of buying her frilly underwear. Because what you think she ought to wear and what she actually wears are light years apart. You want. Never mind. Don't even go there. You want me to wear that. And finally, number seven. We just can't win. Don't spend too much. How do you think we can afford that, she'll say. But if you spend too little, is that all I'm worth? Right? Okay, so we, we just can't, can't win. Um, <laughs> exactly. What was it Donald said? Sometimes we think, what did you say? Evil. Evil. Oh, I was thinking insane, but they, they, you know, they could go together. But that's, that's a reflection on us, ladies, not you. That's because we're clueless. We don't know what's going on. Amen, brother. But here, here is a tribute to moms, and I thought this was very good. Anonymous 19th century tribute. There is no career more noble than that of motherhood at its best. There are no possibilities greater, and in no other sphere does failure bring more serious penalties. To attempt this task unprepared and untrained is tragic, and its results affect generations to come. On the other hand, there is no higher height to which humanity can attain than that Occupied by a converted, that means a Christian, heaven-inspired, praying mother. I thought that was a pretty good tribute. Moms, we want to salute you today. But we also want to do a little truth-telling today. And and since we're not experts, all of this material came from the experts um, today. And we want to just know, have any of you ever suffered from supermom syndrome? Let me explain what supermom syndrome is. You think that your house has to be perfect before guests can come, guests can come over. It's called the chaos syndrome. Chaos stands for can't have anyone over syndrome. OK, you think that it's too messy, whatever you think that your kids clothes have to match. You think that your kids have to smell good. You think that your, your kids hair has to be in proper places before they walk out the door. You think there can't be stains on clothes. You think you think that their lunch has to be just right. Anybody ever suffered from super mom syndrome? It is a sickness that will kill you and your family. All right. We're going to talk today about how 
to uh, overcome this. Now, on the surface, supermom syndrome uh, looks like a noble effort, but it leads to exhaustion, frustration. And when mama's not happy. Oh, we got that one right. Ain't nobody happy. Either eventually either a mom comes to the realization that she can't do it all. Or she drives everyone nuts. I mean, that's those are the options. So we're going to try to figure out today how to overcome this super mom syndrome. Now, there have actually been a few times in, in our marriage because my wife, I just think she's awesome. She is incredible. I don't know how she puts up with me. I looked long and hard to find a woman like my wife. And uh, she's incredible. Everybody. And I've, I've actually had this said to me several times, and, and it was not meant as a compliment. Doug. We love your wife. I'm not real dumb. I'm college educated. I got a master's degree. We'll put up with her, but we can't stand you. It's usually what that's saying. But there have been some times in, in our marriage that I'll come home and, and being the... I'm just not from an emotional family. Emotions were killed, driven far from me, you know, in the, in the environment that I grew up in. You're just not that emotional. Janie has helped me through 16 years of marriage. On, on uh, May 25th, we celebrate our 16th year of, of marriage, and it's been incredible. And she's taught me a lot of stuff. But there have been times I've come home, and, and to me, you know, ministry is ministry, and having people over is cool. I like having people at the house. And so I'll come home a lot of times. I don't do it so much anymore. Because I didn't like the result. But early on, I would just come home and I'd say, hey, we got to do this this week, this this week. I need you to make this. I need you to make this. And, and by the way, we're hosting all of them. And she'll go, OK. And then I'll walk in and she's, you know, making cheese dip for some boys, small group, you know. And just I see her shoulders shaking and she just loses it. And my brother gave me the best advice that, you know, you could ever have. He said, you're not going to understand Shut up and hold her. So I was like, okay. And so I go in the kitchen, you know, I'm hugging her, and she's just sobbing uncontrollably. And I was like, what's wrong? I don't know. I'm thinking, man, if you don't know, we are in trouble because I don't have a clue. Sometimes she would just get overwhelmed, and, uh, and she needed to cry. And she'd say, I just need to cry, and that is so foreign to me. I don't ever want to cry. You know, I'm like, if never would be fine with me. And, and there are times that, that I've lost it and cried, but, but I just don't understand needing a good cry. Uh, that's just crazy to me. So anyway, moms, we want to encourage you today to shift away from something that is unattainable. And that's super mom. You cannot be super mom. And we want to encourage you to have a life that's sustainable and brings peace. I mean, because that's really what you want, isn't it? Everybody wants peace in their home. And uh, dads are going, amen, but I can't say it too loud because I'll get popped. Okay, so here's what we do. Here's the first thing. Lower your standards. And again, this doesn't come from me. This is not a man telling you this. I learned this from the experts. And, and you'll hear a couple of things. Um, we were at a Rangers game yesterday. Some good friends of ours got some tickets and uh, invited us to go to the Rangers game. And... We were talking about this whole topic of, of super mom syndrome and and his wife, he's a pastor and his wife is super mom. I mean, just incredible. She's she's the children's minister at their church volunteer. She has three children. You know, she's she does everything that a super mom would do. 
And uh, she said, she said, I've now gotten to the point that I tell people when they call and they say, hey, I want to see you. She says, if you're coming to see me, come on over. If you're coming to see my house, make an appointment. <laughs> right. I thought that was incredible wisdom. Um, we were talking about this in, in our uh, team meeting and Ann shared that used to when they would host um, small group at their house, the Sokolowskis, that she would just be insane cleaning the house. I mean, insane cleaning the house to the point that Stanley said, we can't host small group anymore. She's like, why? It's fun. He goes, no, it's not. No, it's not. And so she's learned, though, because a couple of weeks ago, his mom was in town. So her mother-in-law was there. She knew they were having a small group that night. So as soon as they finished lunch, she starts cleaning. And Ann says, this was awesome. I said, she's graduated to, to incredible mom status, not super mom. Because she said, oh, no, no, you don't need to clean. These are my real friends. I don't have to clean to impress these people. And I'm like, Yes! Someone's getting it. Let's pass it around. Maybe it's contagious, you know, because you can't be perfect. We love you just the way you are. (laughs) Piles don't bother me. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, One real mom. uh, This real mom was just this story has just stuck in my head. Janie, I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. Here's what happened to this real mom. She says, I just come to after collapsing on the floor of the bathroom and all I could think of was macaroni and cheese. Jenny, my sister-in-law, was kneeling over me and telling me that the paramedics were on their way. I can't go to the hospital. The kids haven't had dinner yet. I thought. Actually, she said that. Then she says, there's some mac and cheese in the freezer. Now, what had happened, this was a 35-year-old mother of two who'd been having fainting spells for 10 years, but didn't think she had time to go to the doctor. She had just suffered from cardiac arrest. When they got her to the hospital, they said, you need a pacemaker. 24 hours later, she has a pacemaker. A couple hours after that, or a couple of days after that, she goes home and they said, you are as good as new. But she said, "Uh uh-uh. Physically, yes. Emotionally, she was a wreck and her husband finally demanded that she go see a counselor. And she said it took months and months for her to realize that she didn't have to be super mom. She said God taught her all of these things while she was sick. She just wishes she'd learned them without having to get sick. Um, And so we're going to talk more about her um, story. But her advice is this. No matter how expert you are at at the motherhood juggling act, it's impossible to follow through on every responsibility when you're sick. We have to let things fall apart just enough so that we can put ourselves back together. Incredible statement. We have to let things fall apart just enough so that we can put ourselves back together. When we let that happen, we discover something truly amazing. Everything is just fine. We learn that we're not indispensable. And while this may bruise our ego, it's a great boon to our health. She had to learn that through getting a pacemaker and learning to slow down. She also had to learn that even though her husband did things differently, that's okay. She said she used to put post-it notes throughout the house when she was going to have to be gone, telling her husband exactly, you know, um, Charlie likes his peanut butter sandwiches folded, not cut. And, you know, all of these little post-it notes that he was supposed to follow. While she was sick, she found out that not only could her husband do the job, it may not have been as good as her, but the kids in some instances Preferred the way dad did it. My kids like my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because jelly is like that. and Peanut butter's like that. 
I'm like, dude, if it's peanut butter and jelly, I want to taste the jelly. And the kids like it that way. So here's the deal. Uh, If mom's happy with a kid, they can face anything that happens in life. You see all kinds of sports figures and, and figures in authority places in our in our country. Some of them come from single parent homes and they've had incredible moms who said you can do anything. And they believed them and they could face all odds. So you may you may not have a dad at home, but I'm telling you, single moms, we salute you and we will do everything we can to help you. Um, Don't don't be discouraged just because a dad's not around. You can make an incredible difference in your kids lives. Now, we went back to the experts and we asked them about lowering their standards. And here's what they said. bothering me, but Caleb needs to have a clean room, and it's just not getting done, and I've got to let that go, because he's more important than a clean room. I know that, but sometimes it just comes out, you've got to clean your room. I, I even said to him, if your room's not clean, I'm not coming in here anymore. That's not good. <laughs> he's more important than a clean room. I know that. I've just got to let it go. Let it go. And we, I struggled with that, and it was to the point, and Jennifer will understand because I share, but she was, she was messy, and, and so I was going to talk for a minute, and she would say, let me clear a space, and we would clear a space, and I finally had to realize it's more important that I teach her how to clean, not that she necessarily had to keep her room clean, but she knew how, and now that she's a mom, she keeps a clean house. So, there's a way to clean. A friend of mine told me, um, I guess back when Caleb was little, uh, I would worry that the house was a mess when she came to see me, and she said, I came to see you, not your house. And so I have taken that to heart. I believed her. (laughs) She was telling the truth. She actually did mean it. And so now I've just come to realize that people come to my house they were going to see a mess most of the time. And that's okay because my kids are happy, they're fed, they're clean, and they're well. And so uh, that's, that's what I'm going for right now. <laughs> and a clean house just isn't going to work. I would like a clean house, but that will come. Someday I wish I had a soccer ball or a piece of Lego to step on. <laughs> Gee, I wish I wouldn't have spent time with my kids. I wish I would have cleaned that bedroom when I came in. I don't want them to remember that I nagged about a clean <laughs> I don't want them to remember that. I want them to remember that we laughed and had fun and we did things together as a family.
don't over, you know, don't set goals that are so far after you never reach them. If you want a clean house, then a goal say, you know, sweep the floor on Monday. And if you sweep the floor on Monday, then you will come or something. <laughs> I say don't compare yourself to other moms because there's always going to be the fun mom and there's always going to be the mom who's organized. And you may not be either one of those, feel like you're either one of those, but God made you special. He gave you your children for a reason, and He's allowed you to be a mom for a reason. So I would say to that person, it's just a reason. Um, kids aren't going to be this way forever, even though it feels like some days last forever. It passes. It passes. All right, so lower your standards. Second is learn the difference between options and obligations. Options and obligations. In God's eyes, certain things are important and other things aren't. Um, base your priorities on what God says uh, is important. Matthew sixteen twenty six. here's what Jesus was saying. He says, how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more than your soul? When you've got too many um, obligations, your soul gets neglected. And when your soul is neglected, it's hard to be happy and it's hard to make anybody else happy. Um, and when you find out that you can't meet all of your obligations, you know what you really discover? You weren't obligated to do all of those things in the first place. Uh, you got 24 hours in a day, 1,440 minutes. That's 86,400 seconds. So be strategic with those seconds. And ladies, we know this. Men know this. And I think you know this. You can multitask. We're like focused on one thing. God made us that way. You can multitask. But if you've got too many things you're multitasking, you know what that really means? You're not giving 100% to any of those things. So maybe you need to slow down and figure out which things are uh, most important. What if you simplified your, your obligations to loving God and loving others. What if, what if you just did that for a 24-hour period? Would that simplify your life? Now, I know you work. Some of you work, and you've got to do things to keep your job. Don't say, Pastor said, because um, they're going to say he's an idiot. Um, but you've got to do things to keep your job. But what if our total focus for a 24-hour period was to love God and to love those around us, appreciate those around us? Do you think it would make for a better day? Do you think it would make for memories for those people around us? Yeah, they might mark it down on the calendar and say, what happened to? No, um, sometimes you need to say yes to playing with your kids. Listen to this. This is an Irma Bombeck um, article that she wrote years ago. She's passed away. But uh, here's some incredible wisdom. When I was young, daddy was going to throw me up in the air and catch me. And I was going to giggle till I couldn't giggle anymore. But he had to change the change the furnace filter. And there wasn't time. When I was young, Mama was going to read me a story and I was going to turn the pages and pretend I could read. But she had to clean the bathroom and there wasn't time. When I was young, Daddy was going to come to school and watch me in a play. I was the fourth wise man in case one of the three got sick. But he had an appointment to have his car tuned and it took longer than he thought. And there was no time. When I was young, Mama was going to listen to me read my essay on what I want to be when I grow up. 
But she was in the middle of the Monday night movie and it starred one of her favorite actors and there wasn't time. When I was older, dad and I were going to go fishing, just the two of us. And we were going to pitch a tent and we were going to fry fish with the heads on them, just like they do in those flashlight ads. Some of you have no clue. You're too young. Um, But at the last minute, he had to fertilize the grass and there wasn't time. And when I was older, the whole family was always going to pose together for a Christmas card. But my brother had ball practice. My sister had her hair up. Dad was watching the Colts and mom had to clean the kitchen. So there wasn't time. When I grew up and left home to be married, I was going to sit down with mom and dad and tell them I loved them and I would miss them. But Hank, who was our best man, was honking the horn in the front of the house. So there wasn't time. But there could have been. There could have been. If we'll learn the difference between options and obligations. Number three is get on the right team. This is the last one. Get on the right team. Everybody has an opinion on how you should run your life. You figure that out? Everybody will. T- if you don't believe it, just ask them. They'll tell you how you should run your life. Um, and I'm about to get on some really thin ice here. But your mom or your dad or your friend may be your best friend in the world. But if they're not seeking after God, they can't give you godly advice. You've got to learn who you're going to allow to influence your life. And um, Proverbs 24, 6 says it this way. You must make careful plans before you fight a battle. <laughs> it feels like a battle sometimes, raising our children and doing everything we need to do. But this is the key. The more good advice you get, the more likely you are to win. Underline those words or circle those words, good advice. We're in a battle and there is an enemy that the Bible says wants to destroy your marriage, wants to destroy your job, wants to destroy your family, wants to destroy your church. And we're in a battle. And you've got a choice to make about whose advice you're going to follow. And every one of us has a story about when we listened to somebody give us bad advice and we followed it. But you didn't have to follow it. You have a choice to make. Don't follow Marital advice of somebody who's unhappy in their marriage. That just makes no sense to me. Um, They're speaking out of ignorance when they tell you what will make a good marriage. If you want a successful marriage, then you go to somebody who's having a marriage that you want your marriage to be like and ask them. Okay, I mean, that makes sense, right? Um, We talked about this in the question series. You've got to ask the right people the right questions to get the right answers. But we've spent all of our time, a lot of our lives, asking the wrong people the wrong questions. But even if you ask the wrong people the right questions, you still get the wrong answers. And so, you know who the wrong people are? Sinful sympathizers. Sinful sympathizers. (laughs) Say that ten times. Sinful sympathizers. They're the folks who are sinning like crazy... And they're like, oh, cheat on your marriage. You know why? Because misery loves company. They're the people doing stuff wrong and they're they are all around and they will tell you, yeah, go ahead. You only live once. Do what feels good. It's all about you. Sinful sympathizers. But the Bible says don't listen to them. The Bible says get good advice. Well, who do you get good advice from? Well, first from God. Um. God is the one who who has made you and he's the one who understands you. And um, 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He says, if you want truth, if you want to know truth, then you got to get to know God. You get got to get to know Jesus. He says in James that if you um, if you lack wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and he will give to you. And he says in Deuteronomy chapter four, verse twenty nine, if you search for God with all your heart and soul, you will find him. So God is on the right team. And he says, if you'll search for me, I'll make sure that you find me. But if we're really honest, a lot of times when we make decisions, we don't consult the Lord. I always look for that in stories in the Bible throughout the Old Testament. I was reading in Joshua this last week and and Joshua goes to Jericho and has this great victory and then turns around and goes to this little bitty town, Ai. And his military um, strategists say, oh, we don't need to send the whole army to Ai. Just send about 3000 men and we'll take them. No problem. Bible says that it says this, but Joshua did not consult the Lord. And so they go out to Ai and get whipped. People getting killed. The whole army's running back. The 3000 men are running back scared. And, and then Joshua goes to the Lord and, and, and the Lord says, well, there's sin in your camp. And I will not give you victory as long as there's sin in the camp. Because Joshua falls on the ground. He's crying out to the Lord. Oh, Lord, why have you brought us here only to defeat us? And, and God says, get up. Deal with the sin and then we'll deal with the battle. Incredible story, but I thought that was the clue was Joshua did not consult the Lord. How many times could that be us? Major decisions. But Doug did not consult the Lord. Keith did not consult the Lord. We could we could do that over and over again. Now, so God is on the right team, but there are others who are seeking God. The spiritual empathizers. You know who they are? They're people who are seeking after God, who have gone through the things that you are going through. And they have wisdom about how they got through it. Since we started the church, young moms have come to Janie and said, what do you do about this? What do you do about this? What do you do about this? Back when we first had our children, Janie was calling moms in the church. What do you do about this? Sandy was one that she talked to uh, years ago when our kids were babies. What do you do about this? What do you do about this? Because she had gone through those things and she was somebody who sought after the Lord. So ask someone who's been through the junk. Who's gone through the dark valley, but they've won. (laughs) Ask them. Don't ask the people who are screwing up. Now, you want advice on parenting? Look for people whose whose children are turning out right. Make sense? You want advice on marriage? Find the marriages that are working. You want advice on on how you should do um, work, how you should do your business? Look at men and women of integrity that are in the business. You can find them. You just have to look for them. That you want to be like, talk to those people. And ladies, you, you need women in your life who will listen to you, who will encourage you, who will pray for you, and at times who will challenge you when you're straying off the path. Right? You need folks like that. Look for women who have integrity and grace and come alongside them. We have a, we have a program here called Muffins for Moms. Meets every couple of weeks. They read through a book and they get together. And, and those ladies are forming bonds and they're talking about how to be better wives and, and better moms and better people. Sounds like a group you ought to get in if you have the opportunity to. We said last week that God offers you this incredible support system called the local church. But if you're not connected to the local church, then God doesn't offer you that support system. you got to get connected. Now, um... We went back to the experts when the experts thought that the camera was off. 
And here's what they said, which they didn't know was being recorded. I was hoping you were going to tell some stories about when you were screaming at your kids. You said something about putting Sandy in timeout at uh, Walmart. Not Sandy, putting uh, Ashley in timeout. Oh, yeah. Oh, and she was so bad at panties one time. I had to leave the store, and we lived out in the country, and she didn't realize that she had to sit in the car seat anyway. So I'm marching her out of the store put her in her car seat and I tell her, you are in timeout until we get home. Of course, she's not allowed to sit there anymore. <laughs> I can't say on the film. You can't say your what? <laughs> what I did on the film. Oh. Okay. I just told Kayla, just shut up, shut up, shut up. Would you please shut up? <laughs> and we all do that. That's not the way to do it. <laughs> and that's, that's where we go back and we tell our kids, Okay, mommy should not have said the word shut up. She should have said, please be quiet. Kayla said, I can't believe I have a mom who cusses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shut up. <laughs> and I really meant it. <laughs> Nobody else has ever done that, have you? You've never just, just gone crazy. So, okay, can we agree it's time to hang up the cape? Supermom does not exist. And uh, let's just get get on with what we can do. You do the best with what you have and you don't sweat the small stuff. And then you realize that almost everything is small stuff. That's right. Um, lower your standards. Learn the difference between options and obligations and get on the right team. Now, if you have a registration card, fill that out real quickly. And uh, we're going to ask you to put that back in the basket at the back that says registration cards. There's another one back there that is our joy basket. Woo! 